Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada. On this gorgeous Sunday, January 9th day, 2022, coming right up, it's the Book of Psalms, Chapter 35. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. First, please consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website, or helping with this podcast, whatever God-given talent you have. God expects you to use it in the many-member body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and the whole human family at companionchapel.com. How are you blessing others with the blessings God has given you? And with that being said, here we are at Psalms chapter 35, and we have to introduce Tammy first. Tammy, how's it going? Tammy's on a remote location in London, Ontario, Canada. That's like three hours from here. And uh, what's up, Tammy? Um, well, we are not getting the snowstorm like you're getting. It's, you know, it looks like it's getting a little bit colder out. It was um, two degrees earlier, and it was a bit rainy. Celsius. So, uh... Yeah, it, it was actually a, a nicer day than we've had because all of our other days have been like minus 7, minus 9, stuff like that. Celsius. So. Now, there's a lot of noise in the background because there is a winter storm going on up here at the Companion Chapel headquarters in Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And when we say the temperatures, we say it in Celsius, but most of our listeners are Americans, and we have to give a shout-out for the people in Palmetto, Florida. I can tell you one thing. I bet you it's not snowing sideways down there with a minus 50 degree wind chill factor like it is here. Well, I, I exaggerate. Minus 20 degree wind chill factor. That's Celsius. I don't know what the weather's like in Ashburn, Virginia, but a shout out to all those people there. Seattle, Washington, Mountain View, California, and Columbus, Ohio. And I always have a little connection with Columbus, Ohio that I'm fond of, and that is my uncle Steve Reed was a TV host down there. He hosted the, the the TV show PM Magazine back in the late 70s and early 80s. And his name was Steve Reed, and that was the greatest thing. He was a funny guy. He also hosted WKBW Radio all up and down the eastern seaboard. It was the biggest station there was back in the 70s out of Buffalo, New York. And shout out for Steve and uh, the people in Canada, mostly out in New Brunswick, Moncton, New Brunswick, or anybody else who's listening. Thank you very much for listening. There's a lot of noise in the background. That's because it's a winter storm up here at the Canadian Chapel headquarters, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. We're right by the Great Lake Huron. Let's get right down into it. Psalms 35 and verse 1. But first, a Psalm of David. So remember... It's by David, but it's relating to the true David, our Lord Jesus Christ. It relates to David's son and David's Lord, the Messiah himself, in view of Psalms 22. So with that being said, Tammy, do you want to read the first verse? Plead my case, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Okay, so what's being said here is... What is being said here? is we come to terms with whatever corruption is inside of us, whatever is offensive to the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom, we are to acknowledge it, confess our iniquities to Jesus Christ, say sorry, ask for forgiveness and repent, and then 
take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. What's being said here? Once we do those things, then we can request these things. Verse 1 and 2. Uh, Psalms 23 verse 5. The Lord is your shepherd. He has prepared a table for you. We feast while he fights. So you can ask for these things when you acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ in the way I just said. But don't forget Psalms 32.9. Be not stubborn or you will lose out on your spot. He will fight for you. It's a spiritual war. Once you're in his confines, he'll fight for you. Once you're at his table. Verse 3. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. He's got your back. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. That's after you surrender your entire being to the Lord Jesus Christ and submit with unquestioning obedience, then you can request these things. It's from the heart. Verse 4. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that divides my hurt. This is what's being said here. We have a working knowledge of the Bible. That means we have a linear progression towards the truth in all matters. God's word is unassailable. It answers every logical and moral objection known to mankind. Therefore, the stubborn are confused. The stubborn, the scoffers, the mockers, they make up the passive-aggressive anti-Christian portion of the population. All the scoffers have are catchphrases based on man's imagination. That's why they're confused. That's why you hear that word uncertainty just all over the place today and anxiety and worry because they don't have a linear progression towards the truth. Your Heavenly Father loves you. He's told you all things. He tells you what's going down. And even to this uh, pandemic, like Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, Revelation chapter 6, pandemic. Let them be as, okay, verse 4. Uh, they devise my hurt. Now we're going to get more on this here. Let them be as chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Parable of the tares. It's God's job. He will fight for you. That's what's being said here. What verse was that? Oh yeah. Let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. Like, don't be one of them. It's us and them. Now, we pray for them. We want everybody to come to repentance. That's why the Bible says all the angels rejoice when somebody comes to repentance. Because we're all part of the human family. And we want us all to sing for joy for Father again and get on with the eternity and out of these nuisance, nagging flesh bodies. Okay, verse 7. For without cause... I just read 6, 7. For without cause have they hid from me their net in a pit. Without cause they have digged for my soul. Now this took a lot of work, uh, what this means, okay? Now I go back to the manuscripts for you, and I go back into the lexicon. So this word in the lexicon, without cause, is chen, or chinem. And it's on page 267 of your lexicon. Your ben Benjamin... Davidson Hebrew lexicon and God's grace also known as God's unmerited favor that that he bestows upon you that's one thing but here we're talking about the enemy's free will initiative 
for you. They want you to exercise and become fit for destruction. That's what they're talking about here. Now watch this come together. That's what without cause, it's one word, it's daka in the Hebrew. No, it's chin and chinim in the Hebrew, sorry. Okay, verse eight. Let destruction come upon him at unawares and let his net that he hath hid catch himself. Now this takes us right back to Psalms 34, 21, one of my go-to verses. Evil shall slay the wicked. Evil eats itself up from the inside out. It has to play itself out. And whomsoever will wants a way out, then that's our Lord Jesus Christ. Into that very destruction, let him fall. That's right. Many ways seem right unto man, but they all lead to death. If it's outside of God's word, then it's something you're making up. And God allows it. Because God only chastises those he loves. And God don't, and you have to say, thank you, God, when you get chastisement. Because he knows how much affliction you need to humble for the eternity. To get into the eternity. To get into the eternal kingdom of life. Say thank you. All right. I tried to follow in my own heart. It turned into a disaster. It was hurting others. It was hurting myself. And it will happen every time. Verse 9. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. There's a happy verse. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee? Who, which delivereth the poor from him that is too strong for him? Yea, the poor and the needy need from him that spoileth him. There should be no question mark here. The Lord Jesus Christ is the deliverer. Now, to make this make any sense, we have to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read it right now. Chapter 1, verses 21, 22. Okay, so what are we talking about my bones here? Remember, in the book of John, no bones got broken of Jesus Christ. Yeah, they smashed through his hands. It was a nail. I get it. But, but his bones weren't broken. And there's a, there's a reason for this. I'm going to read verse 20 of Ephesians chapter 1. Which he hath wrought, our Father, wrought in Christ. Wrought means brought about. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavens. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. All powers, principalities of demons, devils, evil spirits. Okay, The course of the prince of the air. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth all in all. I went there because we're talking about all my bones. We're talking about the personification of our Lord Jesus Christ and the many-membered body. None of his many-membered body will be broken. And that's what's being said here. We're looking forward to the Lord Jesus Christ here right now. Verse 11. False witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things I knew not. Yeah, Jesus Christ was innocent. He was not guilty. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. Therefore, they had to slander him and lie about him and bring up false charges against him to get him. Like, it was all predestined. Like, God knew that Jesus Christ had to come down and fulfill prophecy. And that's all there was to it. Satan was going to give it to Jesus Christ the best he had. And Jesus Christ says in John, you got nothing on me, Satan. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. He was perfect in all his ways. Sin did not penetrate him. Now this becomes quite the deal here in this chapter. 
because this will this is going to um, clear up a lot of things that people possibly think or say about the Lord Jesus Christ so let's just carry on here and Tammy I forget what verse I'm on false witness verse 12 they rewarded me evil for good to put to the spoiling of my soul okay spoiling of his soul now here we go here's the great message that's coming about in chapter 35 here spoiling that means the deepest sadness and bereavement of Christ's soul remember in Luke chapter 3 verse 34 Christ said father forgive them for they know not what they do like no guile no malice no corruption was found in him Jesus Christ wasn't getting angry and he wasn't looking for people to zap he was hoping that they will all come to repentance forgive them for they know not not what they do and can you imagine that after they were just beating on him and then they nailed him to a cross and left him hanging there to die he took the lowest earthly position for us he was not guilty he was innocent and there was nothing found in him that was contrary to what the kingdom of heaven stands for a place of peace beyond our present comprehension because if anything was found in him that was of guile or malice or deception or corruption then those things would have to be allowed in the kingdom of heaven but they're not because none was found in Lord Jesus Christ therefore that kingdom of heaven that he set up when he laid down his life is valid it is legit it is bona fide, and it will not accommodate evil Jesus Christ held his own he's perfect in all his ways so the spoiling of my soul just means the deep sadness and bereavement of Christ's soul is what's being said 13 but as for me when they were sick my clothing was sackcloth I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned unto my own bosom now there's a lot said here this word fasting is in the fast that means the day of atonement that means the day of pardoning and that takes us to Leviticus chapter 16 the scapegoat which I'm telling you is the creepiest thing the, just the creepiest thing to know the depths of the demons devils evil spirits but they're allowed to rip around on the planet right now and they will play a snare drum in your head of deception and I'm gonna go to Matthew chapter 4 because I have to read something here about the scapegoat so the scapegoat is found in Leviticus chapter 16 and that's what we're talking about we're going all the way back there because in the manuscripts I humble my soul with fasting means in the fast in the day of atonement so in Matthew chapter 4 God allowed Satan the world to be the prince of the air Ephesians 2 2 air means all-encompassing of life the prince of the course of this world course means this particular earth age this particular flesh age that we pass through the matrix once born innocent of woman Leviticus chapter 16 God allows the demon Azazel to wander the world carrying all the sin trying to ensnare people Satan thinks he can enslave the whole world so go back to verse 7 without cause they have hid for me their net in a pit guess who ends up going down to the pit what a great verse I say this all the time when God says or our loving father Yahweh says you know Satan you're gonna go down to the pit down the sides of the pit right to the bottom because God's gonna mop him up in a bucket and dump him down there for all the things he's done to us and we give him power 
So you don't want to get mopped up in a bucket with Satan and thrown down there. Verse 14. I behave myself as though he had been my friend and brother. Now David's speaking here, but he's looking forward to the Messiah, obviously. David's Lord. And so, remember, Anthophel was a traitor. And that was David's inside, um, what do you call someone? Advisor. Okay? Judas Iscariot was a traitor also. For 30 bucks, man. 30 bucks. He sold his soul. And people will sell their soul for even less than that. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. Okay, here we go. Here's the whole thing. People that think Jesus Christ was showing a sign of weakness. Now we're going to go to Matthew chapter 26. And this, this is the saddest thing. There's songs about it by the Rolling Stones. There's uh, in this time of weakness. And people will say it all the time. Christian people say it. And I had a Christian person come here and say to me. I said, well, you know, S Satan is the prince of the air. And that is the reason in the Matthew chapter, whatever, I forget. He says, brings Christ up to the top of this pinnacle. And looking over the kingdoms of the earth. And Satan says, I'll give you these kingdoms if you bow down to me. In other words, Satan's been given this course of time, as we just found out in Ephesians. Satan has been given this the kingdoms. So he can't he had, he could have said, I'll give these to you, Jesus Christ. And somebody said to me, Well, he no doubt he was tempted. I said, You kidding? You telling me he was weak? He knows about the kingdom of heaven. He knows about the universe, our playground. I think he wanted these a kingdoms on planet earth Jesus Christ did not have a weakness and now I lost my place Psalms um, I'm going to I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother and this was not a moment of weakness Matthew 26 38 when Jesus Christ went and prayed and he said is there any other way when he said about this cup of wrath and he wasn't trying to get out of going up on the cross. He knew he was there to fulfill prophecy. He's God. So that's Matthew 26, 38. And that's not a moment of weakness. It was a moment of extreme compassion. Love beyond our present comprehension. Our Lord Jesus Christ is teaching us that Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, ordained the scapegoat. Christ is teaching us that there is no other way to get rid of it. God repented means God side with disappointment. God will not violate the principles of free will. If you want to give power to that scapegoat, demons, devils, evil spirits, all these things, principalities in high places, then that's you. And that's, you're, that, you can't violate the principles of God without consequence. You have to be very careful. When Jesus Christ says, is there any other way not to dump this cup of wrath? No, there's not. It's the only way to rid the world of evil. People have to decide for themselves because God will not violate the principles of free will. If you want to perpetuate it, Satan will instigate it all day long. And his little demons, devils, evil spirits will play a snare drummer in your head and convince you you're right. Because they'll drum up your egotism. Jesus Christ was not having a moment of weakness ever. 15. But in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me. And I knew not. They did tear at me and cease not. They blindsided him. This word uh, abjects means despicable, mean, foul, sleazy people. And in his adversity, that just means like 
Yeah, he was down and out in his flesh body, but his spiritual body is perfect in every way. Our Lord Jesus Christ was imperfect in all morals, spiritual, that spirituality, socially and ethically. And he held his own to the end, and that's what it's like in the kingdom of heaven. It's valid. And when he was getting beat up and the crown of thorns on him, people were coming around pulling hair out of his beard. He didn't see. He was blindsided. People were punching him from left, right, and center. It was a mob mentality. It was an obscene mob scene. And people that get involved in those things are just, they're just lawless, reckless, foul, sleazy people. We pray for them. Jesus Christ said, forgive them, because there's still a chance they can repent. And they should be, feel mortified when you repent to realize, even today, yeah, we still nail Christ back to that cross every time that we just slight at a sin. And we have to think about why he went up on that cross in the first place, why he came down here, manifested a little lower than the angels, and walked amongst us. Is because... We are the ones that fell. We are the one-third. When it says one-third fell, one-third followed Satan, where's the other two-thirds? They don't have to pass through the matrix born once in an of woman. We are the reason that Jesus Christ, he loved us. He didn't have to. He could have said, all right, hell with you guys. Later. But he loved us. So he came down and suffered for us. He took the lowest earthly position. And when you meditate on that, you will feel mortified that you had a take responsibility for your spot or your reason why Christ had to go on the cross and say sorry and mean it and ask for forgiveness and mean it and repent and don't nail him to the cross constantly by sinning and then going up oh, he'll he'll he's all right he'll get it he'll understand no there's verses in the Bible that say once you understand and you will feel his sin there's no more salvation Verse 16, with hypocritical mockers in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Remember, this was the Passover. Christ was the final sacrificial lamb of God. He became our Passover. They're at the feast and they're mocking him. Hypocrites, play actors. Who are they fooling? They're fooling themselves. Verse 17, Lord, how long will thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions. My darling from their lions. Now this took a lot. I had to go back to the manuscripts for this whole psalm. And it literally took me over 10 hours. But uh, it, it's my pleasure. And uh, let me just, I wrote this down. This is how this verse should read. Okay. Psalms 35, 17. Yahweh, Father, how long will you consider? It's time to return from these heathen and their ravaged destructions. Return my only begotten soul your only begotten soul from the lions. And the lions just means it's just reference to the people all around him. They compassed him like like the bulls of Bashan, big bulls. Like they were they were there to kill him. And they did. Verse 18. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. By the way, darling means only begotten. Okay? So I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. You want father. Or you want the Lord Jesus Christ to acknowledge you to Father. What if he doesn't acknowledge you to Father? You'll hear the most mortifying words known to mankind. It will be this. Depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. You said you were a Christian and you just romanticized who you thought I would be. You can't tweak God's word to suit your lifestyle. 
You have to tweak your lifestyle to suit God's word. And that's all there is to it. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. That's in heaven. I will praise thee among much people. Revelation 7, 9. I'll praise thee among much people. Watch this. This is a great verse. The saddest thing before I say this verse, Revelation 7, 9. It serves a cult out there. And it's huge. And I'm not going to name them. But they go door to door. And they knock. And they try and convince you of the way they interpret the Bible. Which they don't have the key of David. They don't understand the glossary of the Bible is written within. You have to interpret within the Bible. So they will tell you only 144,000 people are going to heaven. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 7. 144,000. Whoa. Would it kill you? To read the next verse. After this I beheld and lo a great multitude. Which no man could number. Of all nations. Kindreds. People. Tongues. Stood before the throne. Before the lamb. Clothed with white robes. With palms in their hands. Isn't that just the greatest thing? And that chapter goes on to say. And all the angels stood round about the throne. And about the elders. We are the angels. We are the hosts of heaven. We are the stars. Translate within the Bible. There's, I will praise thee among much people. You want to be one of those people. And we pray for you. We, we pray that you become biblically literate, get a working knowledge of the Bible. Whatever gift you have, use it in the many-member body of Christ. Don't just sit back. God owns all time. He's watching you. Verse 19. Let not them that are my enemies wrongfully rejoice over me. Let them not wink with the eye that hate me without cause. This is when they were mopping the floor with our Lord Jesus Christ. This without cause means, means by choice. And just remember this. Every knee will bow. These people will be mortified. Oh, they'll be saying, well, I didn't really think. Why didn't, why didn't God do that? Why didn't God do that? Well, you, you know, God gave you this book. It's only 700 pages, and you spent more time on Facebook or Instagram or Netflix or who knows where, YouTube, in one month than you did your whole life trying to read the Bible or serving God with whatever gift you have. You're just going to be mortified, and that's so sad. For they speak not peace. No, they speak whatever's inside their minds. But they devise de deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. It's in the heart of mankind to have self-pride and be conceited and greed and gluttony. It's in the heart of mankind to war. Like, they don't seek peace right now. Billions and trillions of dollars right now are going into military weapons. Right now, this very second, you're literally... Less than 30 minutes away if someone presses the trigger on a nuclear warhead from having it rain down on you. No matter where you are on planet Earth, there's a nuclear warhead that can be turned within 30 minutes and be coming down on you. That's, that's what's in the heart of mankind. They, they're so determined to have this big military hardware on planet Earth to kill each other. That's the deceitful matters. They don't seek peace. Yeah, they... Yes, they opened their mouth wide against me, and they said, Aha, our eye has seen it. Yeah, they're pointing at the Lord Jesus Christ even today. This is why it's the fifth seal right now. It's called martyrdom. People have been socially engineered so bad, and they've done it to themselves. They didn't read the Bible. These people feel it. When I sit around with heathen people, and they mock me, Oh, it's easy to bury them. 
and politely too, because I have a linear progression towards the truth in all matters. God's word is unassailable. It answers every logical and moral objection. But they feel it. They, they'll come up with these catchphrases like, oh, really? your religion's a crutch. And they, they laugh. And they will say things like, flick a $20 bill at me. Or they've, uh, they've said just ridiculous things that are cringingly embarrassing. They feel it. That's what, aha, our eye has seen it. This thou hast seen, O Lord, keep not silent. You have seen these mockers and scoffers. And they just bury themselves. It's an embarrassment to mankind and an abomination to God. The things they say. But they feel it. It's in their heart. They're so wound up within themselves of conceitedness and self-pride and all the trademarks of evil. Aggression, anger, arrogance. 22. Keep not silent, Lord. He won't. O Lord, be not far from me. Stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. There's our Lord, my God, Eli, Eli. My Lord, he is your Lord, he is your master. Judge me, O Lord, my God, according to thy righteousness. Understand to love God's judgments. Compared to mankind's judgments? Are you kidding me? There's no greasy lawyers there. It's yay or nay. It's yes or no. He judges on the truth, and the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. There is no purgatory there. There's no greasy lawyers staying there trying to make negotiations or concessions. It is yea or nay. And upon meditation, how refreshing is that? Love and understand God's judgments. Let them not say in their hearts, Oh, so would we have it? Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Yeah, we've buried Christianity. It's gone. They're even going to try ultimately with the two witnesses and have a big party over it. There are many ways that seem right unto man, but they lead to death. Mankind has a 100% failure rate when they follow their own heart and try and govern themselves. 26. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. This is the epitome of humanity on earth today. Just read that verse over for yourself. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Okay, here we are talking about we're talking about them. Now we're talking about us. Shout for joy. God created all souls. He owns your soul. Your soul is what you are. You're a human being. Your spirit, your free will spirit is who you are. That is the intellect of your soul. Your spirit. It is your active attitude that motivates all actions. It's your character. Our father made free will entities. He will not violate the principles of free will. But he will not put up with those that want to violate the principles of peace. And he won't allow them into the kingdom of heaven. He won't allow those who violate the principles of carrying evil around with them. And all the trademarks of evil, which Jesus Christ had none. So, um, what verse am I on? 27? Yay, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Oh yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Shout for joy. He made us all for his joy, his pleasure, and his glory. 
Are you pleasing to God? We all want to sing for joy again. Job 38, all the stars sang for joy. That was all of us together before one-third of us fell and Satan came down with us. Yea, let them all say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. This is your call to action, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, Lord Jesus Christ. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and thy praise all day long. It should be on your mind. That's what you meditate on. You love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart. Trust Him or you won't be trusted. Confide in Him or you can't abide in Him. You have to have unadulterated faith and belief in Him or you will get no relief. And you seek Him out and inquire of Him to understand so you can stand. And with that being said, I hope you enjoyed Psalm 35. And how'd that go, Tammy? How'd you enjoy that? That was good. Yeah, that was very good. So we're in Psalm 35. I want you to join us tomorrow for Psalm 36. Get in touch with us here at the Companion Chapel with your questions or comments. Go to companionchapel.com or go to Companion Chapel email at companionchapel at gmail.com. I want to thank you very much for listening. Please do your part in the many member body of Christ. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word by promoting this podcast, sharing this podcast, or getting in touch with, with us on how we can spread the word of the Lord together. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have a great day, and bye for now. Are you going to say bye, Tam? God bless you, everybody. Goodbye. Bye for now.